Gemara Erubin has been sponsored by Mr. Isaac Jamal and his wife Celia for their success, for their children's success, health, happiness, beracha, parnasav, atzlaha, bechol Today's daf has been dedicated by Mr. Solomon Franco in honor of Gabe Shechebar on the birth of a new baby boy. He derived much nachat from all his children. Amen. Daf Chavav. Today's Gemara is being studied. Le'adun Ishmat, Hacham, Abraham, Ben Latifah. Ruach Hashem, Tanihainu began Eden on his 11th month uh, anniversary of his passing. Today's dap is being studied Le'ilun Ishmat Acham Baruch Rafael Ben Miriam And Avraham Ben Esther Ruach Hashem Tanichem Begin Aiden Amen We are beginning on Daf Chafheh And we are going to start uh, Four lines from the bottom Again our subject still is the Karpef We're talking about an area That was not enclosed for Dira for residence or usage and it was more than bet satayim and therefore uh, one is not allowed to carry in that area so the Gemara gives a scenario Hanach or Hahi Abavarnaka now there is a great mahluket that she brings down what is a Abavarnaka uh, according to his final explanation that's really brought on that Chavav Amudishon in Dibura Matheel Lehareya, he explains from the Geonim that basically, uh, if you look at your pictures, and I'll explain it as we look at the picture, 160 is that his final interpretation. You have a Karpet that's surrounded by walls. They would have a very shady tree in the middle. Uh, under the tree, they would have benches where, let's say, they would sit or they would recreate. And in the middle of the tree, they have what's called an achsadra. Achsadra is like a ledge, a round ledge that comes around the tree where they place it there that also serves as shade. We're able to sit underneath it. Uh, Rashid Lashon is. It's like a, a porch or kuba that kings used to build in their orchards. And uh, that's the uh, situation that we're having over here. So now the Gemara analyzes. The exilarch of Babel had one of these Bibustane. Bibustane in his orchard. And it was more than Beit Satayim. So now they wanted to carry into the orchard on Shabbat. More than Beit Satayim, they cannot. So the Gemara says, Amar Lehu. Lehu Ravuna Bar So they went to the rabbi, Ravuna, and they told him, Please, Rabbi, make an adjustment for us. 
in order that tomorrow on Shabbat we'll be able to eat bread in the karpif. We want to carry in the karpif. So handle it, do whatever you have to do to make it mutar for us to carry in this area. Obviously they recognized that there was an issue because it was a karpif. It seems it's not considered hukaf nedida. It's more than bet satayim. It seems that the tree and all these uh, aksadra came after. And therefore, the halakhahs, we learned that even though um, you build walls, and then you change your mind, and you want to make it hukaf nedida, that's not enough. Right? It has to be built originally hukaf nedida. And this wasn't, so they came to the rabbi, I handle it. Do whatever you have to do in order to make it mutar for us to carry. So what did he do? Azal, he went. Avad kane kane pachot mishlosha. So the rabbi said, there's no way to fix this over here. If it was originally built, unless you start knocking down walls and reconstructing walls, the easiest way to do it is to make a wall from the tree all the way to the entrance, so they'll be able to walk from the door into the karpef in a walled area to get to the tree. So to the shuti yahid that area, they'll make it sit under the tree and walk right out. So what did he do? He didn't put up a wall. He put up reeds, poles with the three tefahim of each other, and three tefahim is considered lavud. And if what's considered, you have a path that you can get to the tree with walls on the side. If you look at your picture. Again in 160, you see what he did here. From the door of the house, he put a pathway that was paved with poles on both sides. To make that area a area that it's an Ashuti Yahid now, it's uh, uh, enclosed, and therefore they can carry their bread to get to sit under the tree. So comes again says... Azal Rava. So Rava went, Shalfinu. Rava came along and disassembled them. Later of Shabbat, he saw this is what Ravuna did. I'm against it. He went and he took the uh, the poles out. Now Rava obviously held that now it's Ukaf Dira. Now that it's Ukaf Dira, you have the, uh, your major walls. You don't need these poles. Aye, but what do you mean? We learned in the previous Dapim. <laughs> That if the dira came after, it's not good. So how could Rava come along and say that just because you have now this tree and you have this aksadra and you have that sitting area, that's considered ukaf the dira? So the Mepharshim explained like this: When did the Gemara say it's a problem above? That's when the door of the house, meaning the accessibility, was built after the walls. So that already was a karpev shlo kaf Then you put a, a door to enter it. Nah, that's not enough. You have to actually break walls down because it became a dira after a zukaf. Here it's better, he says, Raba. Here you actually put a dwelling in the in the area. He's not, you open the door to it. You put the, the tree planted in there. You have the aksadra over the tree. So this is even better. So even though it was originally hukaf shlo dira. But now that you put something in it that people use, it's enough. And therefore that adjustment of Ravuna, he said, was uh, was useless. He didn't need it. So therefore he went and he, he, pulled, out the, uh, he pulled out the poles before Shabbat. So Gemara says, 
Azal Rav Papa Vrabuna Bered Rav Yoshua. So Rav Papa Vrabuna Rasul Rav Yoshua went. Naktinu Mibatre. They went and took the poles where Rabbah put them. So they went and they took the poles uh, in order to hide them so Ravuna will not come back and put them. Meaning these two rabbis were supporting Ravah. They came along and said, Ravah's right, you don't need the poles. But we don't want Ravuna to find these poles. He'll just come back and uh, re, uh, re, uh, re-affix them. So they went and they hid the poles so he can't find them. That she says on the top line, Naktinu mebatre, they took them from him, Shelo yahzor avuna v'yitakinim. So avuna does not return and place them. Lemahar, now Shabbat came. So you didn't have any adjustment, you were lying on Rava, that it's kosher based on the walls. Eti ve'ravina le'rava. The next day on Shabbat came a whole halachic discussion, is it permissible or not? So Ravina Estrava, Oir Hadasha, they have a new city. Modidin la Mishivata, you count for tone purposes, you count from the uh, last house in the city, you count 2,000 Amot from there for your tome on Shabbat. We'll define what a new city is in a moment. The Yishana, and an old city, Mehomata. You're able to count your 2,000 amot from the wall, which is further on. Again, on Shabbat, we learned you only have 2,000 amot from the city. The question is, where do you count from? The Gemara says, Eid Hadasha, a new city, you count from the last house. Even though the wall is further away, you only get from the last house. In an old city, you get from the actual wall to count 2,000 amot, more. So the Gemara asks, Ezui Hadasha, the Ezui Yishana. What's considered a new city? What's considered an old city? Hadasha, a new city. Sheukfa, it was walled. Ulbesof Yashba. But you let's say her area was walled first, and then after it was walled, then they settled it. So in that case over there, since originally at the time it was walled, it was not for settlement purposes. So therefore the wall is not considered a wall for the tomb. And therefore you only have your tomb until the last house. However, Yeshena is Yashma of the An old city means it was settled. And then after you put the wall, I mean when you put the wall around it, it was for the city. Therefore the wall is considered viable. Therefore you can count from the wall. So now Ravina finishes his question. What do you see from this uh, lesson over here? That a wall, it depends when it was built, what it was for. If it was built to surround the city, it's considered a legitimate wall for Dida. Therefore you can count from the wall your 2,000 amot. If at the time it was uh, built, it was not for dwelling, the dwelling only came after the walls, and I consider the Lachic walls for home, you can only count from the last city. So Ravina finishes his question and says, He says, this Karpef over here, you had the walls around it, before you had, when you built the walls, there was no tree, there was no Aksadra, that sitting area, and therefore that only came later. And therefore the walls are not considered walls that are hukaf lidira. And therefore what are you talking about? How come you took off these uh, these poles over here? 
without these poles, they're not going to be allowed to carry. Now the Gemara says, Amalera Papa Lerava. Now the Papa, who originally on Friday was with Rava, he was the one that hid the poles, he turned. He came along and said, you know something, Ravuda's right. And now he came and asked a, a question or brought a proof against Rava. He says, He says, Rabbi Rava, don't we have a statement from Rava? The mechitzot, the walls of the uh, builders. The builders, uh, when they're constructing, so they would build temporary walls for themselves uh, in order to go in there uh, temporarily, in order to get some shade, in order to you know cover themselves or hide themselves from uh, the people. So therefore the Gemara says, since these are temporary walls, they're not permanent, they're not made really for a permanent dira or permanent use, they're not considered mechitzot, meaning even dominat Torah, they're, they're in a shuti yachid. Because bottom line, they're four walls. But, this is not considered really ledira because of its temporary nature, and therefore la shemeh you would not be allowed to carry in those walls on Shabbat. So the Gemara says, Alma, what's the reason? Implying, Since the whole purpose you're doing it is what? For Tzini'ut purposes. It's really not considered a here too by the case of the tree in the carpet since they're just doing it in order to uh, surround and cover the area just so you have some privacy that is not going to be considered a the way that she learns this question and I quote in the big Rashi it's actually in the middle, I'll read it so he says like this. Which means it was just really made, this mechitza, in order to enclose it for tzini'ut reasons, in order that the people can have, uh, let's say, privacy. And also it was just made really, like we're going to see in a moment, for them to come and take their, when they're sitting underneath the uh, tree, they take their clothes and they put it on that ledge over there. But it really was not made for a permanent reason. So therefore, just like the case of the of the workers or the builders, that their mechitzot are not considered mechitzot because it's just for temporary, so too the Gemara is saying these mechitzot were not made really for dira because the usage is only temporary. So that's the Papa's question. So comes the Gemara and says, Now another rabbi came along and attacked Rava. Didn't we have a statement? Mechitza asuya which means a, a wall that's made uh, literally to store things or to protect things that you're storing there that's not considered a mechitza and he's going to try to prove that this wall that they built around the tree 
it's really more for storage, meaning they would when they would go sit under this tree, they would take their shirts, they would take them off, they would put it on the ledge, they would take off their shoes, they put it on the ledge. So they needed a wall in order to enclose, uh, to, to protect the stuff that they were taking off. So that's considered for storage purposes. Storage purposes is not considered a wall, meaning the basic question that they're asking against Rava is this wall is not considered dira. It's not either it's a temporary situation or it's because it's really for storage purposes and therefore without that adjustment you're stuck. So the Gemara proves it. How do we know storage walls are not good? So the Gemara proves it from a story. You have a story of Rabbah Abu. He put Eruvin throughout the entire city in Babel of Mehoza. He went to each village or each neighborhood separately and built Eruvin. The Gemara wants to know, how come he didn't just rely on the major Eruv that was around the entire Mehoza? If you look at Mehoza, and we'll look at a picture in a moment, the entire city was walled. There was no breaches. So what did he have to go now and put an Eruv on every individual village? So if you look at your pictures, actually in your art scrolls, you have a nice picture. Where you see the entire city of Mehoza. Look at it together like this. Now the entire city of Mehoza, you see rows of houses. And if you look, there's walls, technically outer walls that are surrounding the entire city. So why did Rava come along and make separate Erubin on each neighborhood? Why do you rely on the outer cities? So the Gemara is going to say, because you see in between each row of houses, you have like a, a storage area. That row, you see that row and there's little stuff in there? That was actually a, 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 a storage area for food where the animals would eat. And therefore the walls that they would place on the outer part, they were not walls for dwelling. They were walls actually to protect these trough areas these food areas for the animals. And therefore, Ravad did not rely on the outer walls as Eruv. Therefore, he went and he made Erubin for each neighborhood. Why didn't he rely on these outer walls? Because this is not considered Kafladira. These walls are really considered just to protect the storage, to protect the storage area for the animals. So he wants to say the same thing. Over here, when these walls were built, they're really built for what purpose? For the purpose to protect the clothes and the different garments of these people that go in there on a temporary basis. So therefore, it's done temporarily. It's done for storage. Therefore, those walls are not considered walls. Not for Dida. And therefore, Rava, what did you do by going and pulling these these poles out now? Because now that is Gelut is not going to be allowed to carry. So the Gemara says. <coughs> The Gemara says, Gemara writes like this. throughout the whole city of Why did he make it 
neighborhood by neighborhood, mishum pira de because of the fruit that the oxen eat. Meaning, because the swalls at the end of the city are considered protecting something, meaning for storage. They don't want people to access that uh, that food area. So that's not considered for dira. So the Gemara says, Veha pira de betore. The same logic, the pira, the fruit for the oxen, kimhisa asuyalena adamya. It's considered like a storage wall, and therefore it's not good. So they bottom line levied questions now on Shabbat, if it was too late, against Rava. Basically they asked him from three places. The first place they asked him from was the case of the Tehomin. They told him, Rabbi, in a case where you have actual houses in the city, Still, if the wall was built before they were there, that wall is considered not Ledira. And therefore you can't count the 2,000 from the wall. So even though you're considering now that you have a, a residency in the Ledira, in the Karpet, but since when the walls were built, it was not for that purpose. It only came after. It is not considered Ledira. Second question. Second question from the builders. The builders build that those walls. It's only for temporary use. It's the old, so they go in for shade from time to time. That doesn't make it considered a behizah. This is also the steel, so they go under the trees from time to time for shade. Number three, that this is at most for storage. Could the people go in there and they put their stuff on the ledge in order to protect their stuff so they have the walls so they keep it enclosed. Just like the story of Mehozah, but they didn't rely on the outer walls because they were only storing the uh, the fruit for the oxen. So based on these three questions, they were saying it is now forbidden for the Rej Galut to carry in this Karpef uh, uh, on Shabbat. And it's too late now because now you can't put up the poles because now it's Shabbat. Yeah. So comes the Gemara and says the Rej Galut was not too happy. Kari alayu Rej Galuta. The Rish Galut said regarding these rabbis, says these rabbis are rabbis or hachamim for the bad, and they don't know how to do good. Which means they couldn't do this yesterday. Which is yesterday they told me I handled it for you. Now you come on Shabbat when we want to go eat in it, and you tell me no, it's it now. Now it's forbidden. We can't. Uh, we can't carry. So the Nish Galut again, as I said, was not too happy with the fact that they took away their heter on Shabbat when there was nothing else for them to do. <laughs> now it is uh, nice for us to read this uh, that sheet together in the Hadaya. That that she uh, would be found uh, in, in the when they when they start to get mid wide, it's one two three four five six seven eight lines down after the uh, mid wide lines laareyah. meaning the reason why I call them laareyah because now they were said the karpef. geonim, acher, meod. 
this is where Rashi brings his interpretation to the sugya like we explained it. On the Khafhe Amud Bet, Rashi gives a different interpretation of what this Bustena was, what the Kerpev, what this tree, but he rejects it from different questions. So I just wanted to show you inside where Rashi brings the interpretation that we offered you today. Hahu Bustana, Kerpev Yotin Mebet Satayim, there was a Kerpev more than Bet Satayim, Shalom Kafte Dirava, Vavadnaka Kimin Aksadra Okuba. It's like a a, a, a a pavilion, okay, or a kubam, it's like a the kings build it in their orchard, and it stands in the middle of the pardes, under the tree. All they wanted to carry is from the house, from the door, to the tree. They didn't need access to the whole... So what did Ravuna do? Ve'avad Ravuna bar-Hadina kemin shvil. So Ravuna made a path for them. Mena petah ada bavarneka gader mikan ve'gader mikan bekane kane pachot meshlosha le'afsik ben aderech le'bustena to separate from the derech the road to the bustena the orchard on the side of it. Ve'yitaltel bo'toshvil and they'll carry in that on that road. Ve'avah when Rava broke it, he wasn't being mahmir. Right? He was being lenient. He says she can carry in the orchard. Why? Once you built this aksadra, this pavilion in the in the in the in the orchard, and as I explained to you from the Rishonim, even though the Ukafladurah came after, this is better than the other case that we learned above, where that was only where the Petah, the accessibility came after. Then already it's not enough. But here the actual Dira was built in the Karpef. And if we know it came after, Rava says, it's okay. The Atu the Rava, the students of Rava came, Rapapa, Rabunad, Rabbi Yoshua, Nakhtinu. So they took the poles away. Why? So Ravuna will not come back. So he won't come and re-fix them. That day on Friday when they took the poles off, they didn't realize, or when the Ravah took the poles off, they didn't realize that he was wrong. They, it didn't hit them till the next day. Ulmahar Adkur, they remembered. The Atvuha Kid Amar, like it says, Le Mahar Etive Ravina Lirava. They asked them for the first question by Ir Hadasha. By the case of the city that had the uh, walls built first and then the Yeshuv, where they only let them carry from the Houses are not from the wall. Before they planted the tree, after the tree grew, the pavilion was only built after the walls already were constructed. So therefore those walls should not be considered walls. So Ravuna was right by putting up the poles. Rapapa is the question from the builders' uh, huts or the builders' t- uh, walls that they built to protect themselves, right? 
וכן, לנחת, it's also made for storage, להשתמש, להניח בטליתותיהן ולבושיהן, to put their cloaks and their clothes, שפושטים שם, that they take off there, ושאר קלטה שמשם, קרי עליו, so then the Rish Galut said, על רפאפה ורבונה בדדב יהושע, שלא נזכרו אתמול, yesterday they destroyed it, the next day they come along and say, oh, we made a mistake, uh, you needed the adjustment. So the Rish Galut said, I'm a kind of rabbi, he said, they didn't do good for me, they just did bad for me. וסתרו תקונו של רבונה ברחנה, ועכשיו נחשו חכמים. Now so they became חכמים לאסור עליו. ולהיטיב לא ידעו. Meaning what the Rish Galut was saying, you could have done this yesterday? Now you thought of these questions? I mean, you couldn't do good for me on Friday and remember all these questions and therefore leave the adjustment alone? Now on Shabbat, you came with all your questions and you said, yeah, yeah, yeah it's Asur. What kind of hachamim is this? Le'esor? You couldn't be a hacham le'etiv? So that's, uh, that's really that she gives you the mahalach to the entire sugya. So again, this is Rashi of a very, <coughs> yeah, very important uh, to, to, to just get your uh, understanding of the sugya. We continue. <coughs> Yomara says, Amar Avi Allahai Shamati Mirabili Aizir Vafilu Betkur. We learned in the Mishnah that according to Rabbi Eliyazir, the way of Eliyazir heard it from Rabbi Eliyazir, that if you have a Kalpef, Shalou Kafladira, he held that you can even uh, have an area that's as big as a Kur. A kur we said is 30 se'ah, which means we said, the court of she told you after Bet Satayim. He said, no, you even have 15 times bigger than that. Even the size of a kur, it's okay. That was Rav Eli quoting what he heard from Rabbi Eliezer. So comes the Gemara and says, Matnitin de loka hananya. Our Mishnah is not like Hananya, because we have a statement of Hananya that also heard something from Rabbi Yaizir, but different. What did he hear? The Tanya we have a Braita. Hananya Omer, Vaafiluhi Arba'im Se'ah. Even if it's 40, it's all bigger, which means uh, uh, the, that exactly, it's 10 kur bigger. Rabbi Yaizir of the Mishnah, the way we learned it is up to a kur, which is 30 Se'ah. We have a statement of Hananya that says, even a Karpev Shlo Kafladira, you get up to. 40 sa'ah, where did he get this 40 sa'ah measurement? Like the courtyard of a king. Which means the courtyard of the kings, they don't have dwelling in there. And they're very large. And they are walled. And therefore he says, that's considered already a reshut. And you'll be allowed to carry in that area. Amar of Yohanan. Meaning whether you learn 30 sa'ah or you learn 40 sa'ah, it's really based on one pasuk. Where is this pasuk? In uh, Melachim. Shnei Emar. Now the backdrop of this pasuk over here is when Haskiah Melech became sick. So it says the prophet Yeshaya uh, came in and told him that he's going to die from this sickness because he did not uh, involve himself in the mitzvah of Piriyah And after he finished giving him his prophecy, Yeshaya left. So it says he did not leave through the front gate of the palace. He left through the back lot of the palace. And the Gabbana is going to ask, why would he leave in an unconventional manner? But before we get to that, the Gabbana is going to analyze 
what was this back lot of the palace, what was it considered? So the Pasuk says, Vayhi Yeshaya. And it was regarding Yeshaya after he gave this prophecy to Hizkiya Melech. Lo Yatsa, he did not go out only to Hatser Atichona, to the middle Hatser. Now, middle Hatser means, instead of using the front Hatser, he used the back Hatser. He went out the back entrance, where the kings had courtyards in their back, in the backyard. Now, if you look at that Pasuk in Melachim, it does not say Hatser Atichona. It says, he went out in the Ir, in the back city, or in the city. But it's one of these things where it's a Kare Uchtiv, where it's written Ha'ir, but we read it Hasir. Which means sometimes in the Torah, you have a word written one way, but the tradition is don't read it like that. Read it according to the tradition. So here's one of these cases, where it says, if you look in the Navi, it says he went to the city. But Hakanim said, no, don't read it Ha'ir. Read it as if it says Hasir. But now already the rabbis are able to analyze why would the Navi call a Hatser an Eir? <laughs> hatser is not an Eir. An Eir is not a Hatser. Eir is a city. So the Gemara says, Ketib Eir, it says in the Navi the word Ha'ir. Vekarinan Hatser. But we call it a Hatser. Mikan, Lestratiashin Melech, Shayu Ka'ayarot Benuniyot. Which means, must be that's telling us that the Hatser of the kings were like medium cities, which means they were as big as a city. What's the size of a medium city? Either 30 se'ah or 40 se'ah long. But what? It, Torah calls it a Hatser. So therefore, that's where Rabbi Li'ezer and Hananiah, however he learned, that's where they got it from, which means they learned that even it's low kafladira, because those back lots were not for residency. It was a courtyard of the king. And still the Torah is calling it what? A Hatser, even though it refers to it as a city. That means there were as big as cities, as a Benonit city, let's say. And still the Torah calls it a Hatser. So the Gemara says, Bemai Kamefi. So what's the source of the argument? Mor Sabar Ayarot Benoniyot Havyan Betkur. One rabbi says that the shiur of a mediocre city is what? Betkur meaning 30 se'ah. Umur sabar, mem se'ah havyan. And the rabbi says, no, it is 40 se'ah. So that's the source of how the rabbis got their rule that for sure you have more than bet satayim. Karpev shalom kafledira, it's not bet satayim, it's not two se'ah. You really can get either 30 or even 40. How? Because from the fact that the Navi calls the back lot of the king's palace a Hatzir, but it's written Ha'ir, that means it must have been the size of an Ha'ir, and it's still called a Hatzir. So therefore that tells me what? Either 30 se'ah or even 40 se'ah. So the proof is from the palace of Hezkiah HaMelech. So comes the Gemara and says, Why did Yeshaya go out the back entrance? <coughs> so it says, Amar Amar So immediately Hezkiah's uh, illness started to get much worse. Started to get sick. The halach Yeshayahu, so Yeshayah the prophet went, the Oshiv Yeshiva al Pitho. And he went, he brought Tamidihachamim in the backyard of the palace, and they started learning. Why did they start learning? 
the fuash shiremad and chizkiyah should not die. Which is even though Yeshayah just gave a prophecy to him, but now he went and he took a yeshiva of hachamim in the palace itself, in the back area, and they started studying. Mikan, what do you learn from here? The tamir hacham shehala, when the tamir hacham gets sick, shemoshivin yeshiva al pitcho. He's supposed to bring Tamidah Hakamim by his house. He's supposed to start learning. In the Zichut that maybe he'll get better. The Gemara says, Velav Miltahi. Gemara says, No, sir, don't do that. Dilma Atele Igluye Be Satan. Because now you're going out on a direct offensive against the Satan. And you might anger the Satan and instigate. I mean, the Satan wants to get in the house. And now you have the Tamidachim sitting there learning, so that might be a dangerous confrontation to put yourself in the path of the Satan. So the Meharsha explained, the Meharshim explained that in Hezkiyah's situation, he was a Sadiq. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to a Sadiq like Hezkiyah, so you're able to put the Yeshiva out, put all the prayer, you don't have to worry about the Sakana. But in generally speaking, this advice the Gemara says would not be the uh, best uh, advice uh, to do. In any event, the Gemara continues. We learned in the Mishnah a second thing that uh, Rabbi Eli heard in the name of Rabbi Eliezer. We have people that are living in a courtyard. So we said they have to make Aruvah Hasarot. All the people in the courtyard have to make Aruvah Hasarot in order to be considered one, uh, one uh, group that they can carry in the common area. How do they make the Ayruv? Each one donates a piece of bread, they put it in one of the homes. Now it's considered it's one big family and not separate residencies. Why do the rabbis not want you to carry without an Ayruv? Because then it looks like you're carrying in a public domain. Because a lot of different residencies have usage to the, to the Hatzir. So from this you might come to say, what's the routine over here? It's a common domain that's shared by many. I'll go carry in the Shut Rabim. But now it's not shared by many anymore because now you all became one, the bread unites. So the question was like this, what happens to a guy who did not join the Eru before Shabbat? He did not partake in the bread. So now, you have let's say five guys living in the Haser, five different residencies. One guy did not take part. So now he ruins it to everybody else. Because now, bottom line, you have two, you have two groups. You have the guy who didn't join the Eru, and you have the guys who joined the Eru. So therefore, what do these guys do? How are they able to now carry if they want from their homes into the Hatser and back. So Rabbi Yaizir said, at least that was a testimony, that he's able to be Mevatil is Rashut. Which means the guy that forgot on Shabbat can say, I nullify my rights to the Hatser to the group. Which is, I relinquish my rights to the Hatser. Therefore, since he relinquishes his rights, start considered as he has a right to the Hatser technically. Therefore, it's just the rest of the group, and therefore it's considered one group, and therefore they can carry in the Hatzid. Now the Gemara, the Mishnah learns that they can carry from their homes to the Hatzid, to the homes. They can even go to his house and carry from his house to the Hatzid and, uh, and back. However, uh, he's not allowed, he's not allowed to carry from his house into the Hatzid. He relinquished his, his rights, but they have access not only to their homes to the Hatzid, but even to his home to the Hasid or the Hasid to his home. So he's totally, uh, he's totally out. So comes again what on says, but didn't we learn in the Mishnah? Beto asur We have a statement that in this case, his house, the guy who forgot, is asur for everybody. 
it's off limits, not only for him, but they too cannot go into his house and take stuff out or put stuff in. How did the Bili Ayazir tell me that it's okay? So the Gemara says, Gemara says, Amar Avuna, B'dir of Yoshua, Amar of Sheshat, Lakashya. No question. Har Bili Ayazir, Har Banan. It's about look at the name. Rabili Ayazid holds you can, and the banan hold you can't. Now we want to understand the nature of this machloket. Why would the Biliyazid say the house is still permissible to the other people in the Hasid, and the rabbis would say it's not? So the Gemara says, When you want to start analyzing it, you have to say the logic is like this. When Rabbi Eliezer holds that when a guy says, I relinquish my rights to the Hatzid, he also relinquishes his rights to his house. Which means, even though he didn't say it explicitly, but the assumption is that what is he going to have a, a house without a Hatzid? A house without a Hasid is really not too valuable, according to the Bidi Ayazid. Therefore, when a guy says, I'm relinquishing my rights to the Hasid, he's really saying the Hasid and the house. And therefore, he doesn't hold the rights to his house. Well, they can go into his house, take stuff out into the Hasid, and go to the Hasid and bring stuff in. And what are the rabbis going to hold? And the rabbis are going to say, no, no, no. When a guy relinquishes his Hatzir rights, that doesn't mean he relinquishes his house rights. And therefore, you can't go into the guy's house and take stuff in and out, meaning you're not to carry from that area because he is still holding on. It's considered a separate domain, meaning he didn't join with the entire group. The rest of the group, all their homes and all their Hatzirot are one. This guy only said, I'm giving you my Hatzir, my rights, I'm relinquishing. So the Sheila is, how far does that go? Does he mean the house also or not? The Bible says that includes the house. And according to the Hakadim, they say it doesn't. Now, this was said by, uh, uh, this was analyzed, correct? Who analyzed this? Rav Sheshat, actually, when he, when he was analyzing it. So the Gemara says, Peshita. Isn't this obvious? I mean, what's the analyzing? Isn't it very simple that that's what the nature of this Mahlokit is? So the Gemara says, Amar e Chava. The Chava says, the Chava's name of a Tana. Right? Ana ve Ravuna ber Hanenat Targemina. So he says, me and Ravuna, we explain the Hadush over here. Lo Nitzlecha Ela. You know what the Hadush is? La Hamisha. You have five residents. Shishiruyim bechatzer. That are living in the courtyard. Five homes. Okay? Bechatzer echad. And one guy forgot and did not make the Eruf. Now he comes along on Shabbat, the guy. He says, you know what? He goes to one of the guys in the residence and says, I'm going to vatil my reshut to you. Now, seeming that's not enough. He really has to vatil it to all five. Because until he's mevatel to all five, it's still considered he's not relinquishing to the others. So the Bili Aizah is going to hold like this. It's enough for you to mevatel to one. Why? 
Because when the guy's mevatil to one, he means to everybody. He just said to one, just like we'll say, when he's mevatil is right to the hatzer. He doesn't only mean hatzer, he also means the house, which means he, he, he means more than he declares. So therefore, just like in this case over here, with technically, he doesn't have to go to all five people, I'm mevatil, I'm mevatil. If he went to one, you could assume fairly that he's going to do it, to all of them. Now, what do the rabbis hold? Ul Rabbanan, Ehad ve'ehad. According to the rabbis, it's got to be, each one individually has to relinquish. Now, the Gemara says, Keman Azla, Hadetanya. Who is this going like? That which we just learned. Hamisha, Shishiurin Shiruyin Behatzer. Who's that going like? Which means the same that holds that when you in the chaser, the house goes with it, and that's why the people can go to his house and carry out and carry in. The hadush of that statement is that he's the author of this statement over here. That holds, it works as well, that you don't have to mevatil to each one. As long as you mevatil to one, we assume that it's included everybody else. No, that's already a hadush. Now already you have a hadush. Let's look at, let's look at uh, the dashis over here. Let's do the top dashi. Reshut betob bitel. See the top Rashi. Reshut betob bitel. That's according to the Biliyazer. When you mevatel the chaser, you also mevatel the bayit. The afagav the lo pirish behed yarishut beto. Even though he didn't explicitly relinquish his house, the avaday matnitin belo pirish. The shua mishnas tumah he wasn't explicit. The e pirish lo matzil the mara bilai bikashti lihaber velo matzati. Which means it says after the B and I made the statement, he went to all the students of the B the Ayazir to ask them if they ever heard such a thing, and they said we never heard such a thing. Now if it was such a pashut case where the guy explicitly said, I'm in my Hasir, I'm in my house, who's gonna argue on that? But die it works. The case must have been a little tricky. The case must have been where he was only mevatel the hatzer, and the she'ela was, does the house go with it? That's why when the Bilai asked around, they said, no, that's we, ne- we never heard such a shita. So the point of the Mishnah was, he just was mevatel one area. Continue Rashi. Peshita. Peshita. The word it sounds like when you analyze it and you delve into it, what do you have to delve into it? So isn't it obvious? The mahalog between the Bilaiz and the banan is does the house go with the hatzir or not? It's not so complicated. So the Gabbara says, Amara continue Rashi. Amara Haba Ella Ana Vinavuna Barhana Targimina the high kishit sword of Shachat Lema it's three. You know why he needed to tell you this? Not for the explanation of the Mishnah. But based on this Mishnah, we're going to know now who the author of the Braita is of the five dwellers. Continue Rashi. Let's read this Rashi together. Pay attention. Get the root of the Mahlokat of the Biliyaz and the Banan. And you'll be able to learn now another case. Another case. 
the basic principle of Rebidah is when a guy relinquishes, he does it in a generous way. We don't say, We don't say what he was explicit with, yeah, what he wasn't. No, we don't say that. And therefore we can learn from there, And therefore you can learn, as through extension, that if he's mevatel to one, Ayin Yafai is mevatel to all. Velo Amrin, and we're not going to say, Leman de gale gale. Ulman de lo gale lo gale. And we're not going to say, no, to the one that he told, he told. To the one that he didn't tell, he didn't tell. We're not going to say that. Now, Ul Rabbanan, Sarikh le batel le chol ehad vehad. And where we're going to derive that from? Ki hechi de legabe bayit. Just like when it comes to the house. Sviralu demai de lo parish lo batil. What they weren't explicit on. It's not considered relinquished. That's why the rabbi said you can't go into the guy's house and take stuff out and go in. Since he didn't go explicitly to all the five guys, it's not considered relinquished. Now, she just says at the end, one side question. Bottom line, he went to one guy. He said, I'm going to tell to you. Isn't that one guy now part of the other group? So basically, even according to the rabbis, it should be enough to him to mevatel to one guy. So that she answers very, very nice. That she says, when did this one guy join the group? The one guy joined the group on Eid of Shabbat. On Eid of Shabbat, the guy who forgot was not involved yet. So at the time that he joined the group, he was joining alone. He joined with an Eruv to everybody else. The Shocheyah wasn't involved till Shabbat. Now on Shabbat, he came along to the guy and said, alright, I relinquish to you. By relinquishing on Shabbat, it's too late for him now to be part of everybody else. If the guy would have came on Friday and relinquished, and then this guy made the with everybody else, so it's all considered one. But since the Iruv was made with everyone, the four people made the Iruv on Friday. So the people that made the Iruv, who were they making the Iruv with? With each other. There's nobody else involved. The fifth guy, the Shulchia, when does he surface? On Shabbat. So he comes along and says, Oh, I forgot, okay, Mr. Amivatema, I'll shoot to you. So you're not going to say, now, well, Amivatema, they shoot to him, and we know yesterday he's part of the group over there, so therefore it's all considered one. No, because at the time that he did that, he wasn't involved. So therefore, according to the rabbis, you will not be allowed to carry from his house, because his bayit is not part of the equation, just like... Just like the other four guys are not part of the equation, which we don't say that it's automatic he meant. Where is the Bilya? This is no Ba'in Yafa. Just like you say when he said Hatsis, the house goes with it. So too when he does it to one, he means it to all of them. Comes the Gemara and says, back to the Gemara. Comes the Gemara and says, it's uh, directly across from the Tosafot Ul Kohen Bebeta Paris. See that Tosafot Ul Kohen Bebeta Paris? Just go right across, you'll see the Gemara, Rav Kahana. Place two words on the line. Rav Kahana, Matnihaki. Rav Kahana had the version like we just read. Meaning, the statement was made that we have a Mahloket to be the Ayazin Rabbanan. The question was, what's the Hiddush? Of such a statement. And the Gemara says, the Hiddush is to teach me the case of the five 
it's going, uh, the Mahlokin is based on the same Mahlokin of Rabbi Yehizr and the Hachami. Now, Rav Tabiyumim had this Kirsa. Keman Azla had the Tanya. Who was the following brighter going like? Hamisha Shishirim Bahatsir. You have five guys living in the Hatsir. Echad, one Hatsir. Vishachah had mehem vidu Ediv. And one of them forgot to make the Eruv. Kishirumi Vatil Rishuto, Enusrik Vatil Rishut, the Kodahad Vehad. He does not have to be Vatil Rishut to all uh, the five people. Keman. Who's that going like? Amar Avuna Bar Yehuda Amar Rav Sheshat Keman Kerebi Eliyazir. The only difference in this girsa is Ravuna actually was talking about this brayta. Quite the first explanation, Ravuna never mentioned this brayta. All we were saying is that the hidush of Ravuna's statement, which means the hidush of the original statement that said you have a machloket Rabbanan and the Biliyazir. And he explained the Mahlokit. What's the Mahlokit based on? Does the house go with it? We say, what's the Hadush in that? So the Hadush must be in the other case. According to this version, Ravuna actually said it. Ravuna actually talked about this case. It wasn't implied from what he said. He said it. He's, Ravuna said clearly that what? In the name of Rav Sheshat, that... Uh, in the case of the five dwellers, it is going like to be the Ayazid, because the guys with Batel, the Ayin Yafa. Beautiful. Now the Papa tells Abaye. It will be the Ayazid, according to the Ayazid. What would you say, according to the if he explicitly comes along and says, I am not Mivatil the house? We're, we're assuming the whole logic is what? Because. He just said the hat. He just said the hatzir. So we say it goes with it. But let's say he explicitly came along and said the hatzir. I'm giving you, but I'm not giving you the house. What about that? Or the other side. Or according to the rabbis, when they come along and say, I'm relinquishing the house to you. But their explanation means we know the case now where it was stam. We're asking now if it was explicit. What's the deen? What's the sheila? My time, I'm going to be the Ayazid. I tell you the two sides like this. What's the reason I'm going to be the Ayazid? Because I'll tell you the logic is what? That when you're going to be the Ayazid, when you're going to be the Ayazid, you're going to be the Ayazid, you're also going to be the house. The high Ahmad, but this guy said, But when a guy comes up and says, I'm not Mivatil, so that's it. You cannot go against his word. Or Dilma, or maybe I can say no. You know what the reason why when a guy relinquishes his chaser, uh, the house goes with it? It's because a house without a chaser is worthless. And therefore it's automatic. When he's given the chaser up his rights, basically his house really has to relinquish as well. Because a bayit without a chaser, people will not live in such a bayit. Also, why did he say... I'm not And when he says We don't believe him Even though he says I'm living there We'll say it's nothing Which means we don't take him seriously Since we know Once you gave up your hatser that's what a man does. So the guy came along and said, I'm not Mivatil the house. Uh, that's, he's just talking. Don't pay attention to that. Because once you give up the Hasid, the house automatically goes with it. Because there's no, there's no function for a house without a Hasid. Right? But he said, pay no attention. We, 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 we don't uh, take those words seriously. So those are the two sides. Or do you say, no. What, what he said, he says, and uh, he's not Mivatil. <laughs> now, 
When the rabbis come along and say, I am mevatil the house. What's the reason of the rabbis? Meshum de kasam yemevatil, meshut hatsirot, meshut betolo bitil. Ve'a'amar, mevatilna. But in the case where he says, I am mevatil the house, could be we'll believe him. Or dilma, go the other way. Tamad rabbanan, the reason of the rabbis, meshum de lo abid inish, de misalik nafshe legamri, mebayit. Which means, a guy's not going to ruin himself from the entire, uh, entire hatzah, entire, entire courtyard. Which means, when a guy gives up the hatzah, he doesn't want to make himself homeless. Well, he's not, why should he relinquish the house? Which means he wants to at least not be worse than a guest. It says, <laughs> Which means at least he wants to not be worse than a guest that has somewhere to live. So the logic of the rabbis is what? When a guy gives up the hatzah, he only gives up the hatzah, but not gives up the house. The high ki am mevatina. I but when he comes along and says, I'm mevatiling the house. Lav kol kemine. You don't believe him. We'll say this guy's batlada toys and kol adam. This guy's doing something that's uh, not normal. Therefore, he doesn't mean it. Nobody would give up total uh, the residence. He's got to live somewhere for Shabbat. So therefore, we're asking on both sides. Do you trust them according to the Bidi? Do you trust them according to Hachamim? Again, let's review the question. Here, it's a case where the guy's clearly telling you his intent. I'm giving you the Hatzir. I'm not giving you the house according to the Bidi. Do you say, I pay no attention. Once a guy gives up his Hatzir, the house goes with it. The house has no value without a Hatzir. But he said, I'm not giving you. Hey, don't believe me. He didn't mean it. Or according to the rabbis, where he comes along and says, I am giving you the house. <laughs> Pay no attention, he's not giving you the house. He gotta live somewhere where he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna, he's gonna leave leave out of his house on Shabbat. he's giving up his rights, meaning let everybody move in, he's they can throw him out. Of course not. He's not gonna be worse than a, a guest that needs somewhere to live. But he said it. He said it to pay no attention. So now the Gibbara wants to know, do you say that? So the Gibbara answers, Amar le. So Abaye answers Ben Rabana Ben Libyaizid. Kevan digale date. The answer, no, no, no. Once they're explicit, you go with they said. Which means, according to the Bilya if he says, I'm not Mivatil the house, then it's not Mivatil the house. And therefore, you would not be allowed to carry in his house or out of his house. And according to the rabbis, if they say, we are Mivatil, they are Mivatil. Which means you don't go with the, don't believe them. Maybe, I mean, no, no, no. whatever they said, they said, Al Mahloka was only in a case where. It was Stam, where they just gave you the Hatzir. Do you say the house comes with it or not? Comes the Gemara and concludes. The last thing that he heard from Rabbi Ezer was that you yotze for Maror on Pesach, but eating this item called Arkablin. So the Gemara says, My Arkablin, what are these items? Amar Ishtakish. Asvata haruzi ata. What is that item? Let's rashi. Siv ava. It's like a grass or a herb that grows. It's thick. Hagadel savivadek that grows around the palm tree. Venichrach veolebo. And it, you know, it, it wraps its way around the tree. Ke lulabegefanim. Like the vines. It's a, a chain of these, uh, uh, you know, herbs or whatever it is, grass that grows around. So the was that you can use this for 
the Eruv. I mean, you could use this for Eruv, for Maror on Pesach. But the point is, bottom line, that Bilai taught us three things in the name of the Bilai. Let's review the three things uh, he taught us. Number one, a karpef shelohu kafledira, you get up to a kur, which is 30 se'ah. While Cheskiah's tradition was that you get up to 40 sa'ah, they both learned it from where? The back lot of Cheskiah Melech, that's called the Hatser, even though the Navi writes it as a Eid. So what's the Mahlokit? What is an Eid? Is it 30 or is it 40? The second Hadush that they, Rabbi Ezzet taught in the Mishnah was if a guy forgot to be part of the Eruv, he can mevatil his reshut. And when he's mevatil his reshut in the Hatser, it's considered mevatil his reshut in the Bayit as well. Therefore, they can carry from his house to the Hatser, but he can't. Because he relinquishes rights to the Hatser. So he cannot carry from his house to the Hatser. In the Hatser itself, he can carry. However, from his own house, in and, and opposite, no. Hakamim argued on that. And Akamim said no. When he relinquishes his rights in the Hatser, it's only the Hatser, not the Bayit. And that Mahloket that was interpreted to us by Rav Sheshat can now be a solution to another Mahloket that we had. We had five residents, and the guy went, and he only was Mvatel to one. So one Shita says it's considered that he did it to all, and one Shita says no. You have a problem, you only did it to one, and therefore, he's not, nobody can carry. It's not because now you have a situation where nobody can carry, because now it's, it's, it's many dwellings. It's many dwellings. So well, who holds what? So according to Rav Shishan, we understand now. Just like you say, when he gives you the Hatzid, he gives you the house, when he gets Ba'in Yafa, it's generous. So when he goes to one, it's say he meant to everybody. But according to Akharim, no, when he gives you the uh, Hatzid, he's not giving you the house So when he goes to one, he only gave one And therefore the other guys are not part And therefore now it's considered separate residencies And therefore nobody can carry in the Hatzid And then the Gemara's conclusion was Even if they are Explicit Or when they are explicit Meaning If he says I am not mevatel my bayit Or according to that say I am mevatel your bayit If they're explicit Then you believe them Then already the house goes with it Or not Not like the sad that we thought to say The third deen that the Lahai taught us be the ayazir That you're allowed to use this Arkebalin For the maror Baruch Amen